some things for you, put them in order, show you how that's done. Uh, I want to share an anecdote maybe to tell a story about when this would be a good time to do this. Um, We've been sitting around talking a few times and then someone will bring up a quote from a movie. I can think of a time when something maybe didn't have a great chance and someone said, so you're telling me there's a chance from what movie? Uh, <laughs> I think, um, Dumb and Dumber, Back right? to the Future. <laughs> then someone says, Dumb and Dumber, great comedy. And then, of course, someone quotes Tommy Boy, and they'll say something like, Holy shnikes! Right, and it's like, oh, Tommy Boy, room? Tommy Boy, great movie, great movie. And, so, and then you kind of get into this talk, like, what's better, Tommy Boy or Dumb and Dumber? Then your buddy in the back of the room drinking his floral-infused... It was Billy Madison. Yeah, floral-infused beer with his pinky up says, well... You know, that's just like your opinion, man. The Big Lebowski is the best movie ever from the 90s. And so then you get into this contest. Uh, what's the best movie from the 90s? What we have for you is what we use. We call it The Matrix. The technical name. I'm not going to try and say it because I screw up the word. Prioritizing grid. Prioritizing grid. Uh, it gives you a process, a mechanism. An educational tool. Yeah, a tool, a technique, an instrument that you and your friends can use to say, you know what, we're going to figure out what's the best fill-in-the-blank? And we're going to give you an example of that today. Probably a good time to mention that as we rank these things from day-to-day, week-to-week, depending on our mood and who we're around, we may rank them differently. And the example I just gave, I can get behind The Big Lebowski, Dumb and Dumber, Tommy Boy, or a host of others as the best 90s comedy. And so I think maybe you guys could too. I think when you mention like who you're around, I think sometimes... I will go against something just to be against someone that's in the group, like that's debating something strongly. Absolutely. Just I can't to be see a, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely could change from day to day. You're right. Now you're definitely like that. Oh, so yeah. I'm the only one in the room that's not as like agreeable that. as John and I are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, what we're going to do, we're going to give you an example of how our matrix of prioritizing grid works, and we're going to use the 30 for 30 series that. Uh, was on and I think still is. Still on is. There was ESPN. just an episode yeah. last Sunday, a new one. If you're not familiar with it, the series debuted in late 2009. Uh, it was supposed to be 30 documentary films to celebrate the 30th anniversary of ESPN. Uh, if you're a sports guy in my age or around that, you probably have heard of Bill Simmons. I think he was involved with this. Um, we're going to rank till, six. Until he got axed by ESPN. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to rank six, six of our favorite episodes and keep in mind that. This might not actually be our favorite, but A, they're on our list of favorites, and B, they're ones that we've all actually seen. Um, I'll just go ahead and throw a plug in. Some of my favorites are baseball-themed ones, Catching Hell, Fernando Nation, Doc and Daryl, not on there. Uh, one of us in here, I'm not going to say who, doesn't have ESPN, so maybe hasn't seen all these. So um, I have ESPN+. Plus. Okay. So, so you could go back and watch it. I've got all the ESPN+. <laughs> but I'm going to say this. Yes, when we were doing this list, I am the weak link. We I said know, I wasn't going to say names. No, I know, but I've, I've admitted to it. Stared into the skin. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah, what are some of your other favorites that aren't on this list? Um, beyond these, let's see here. So I'm trying to like not give away the ones we're going to talk. Let me... Um, John, what about you? 
I, I like uh, Straight out of L.A., Silly Little Game about rotisserie baseball, kind oh, of the beginning of one. fantasy yep. boom. Yep. That's really underrated, in my opinion. Um, Jimmy the Greek one is Jimmy one that Greek. I really, really enjoyed. Um, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I don't remember if they're 30 for 30s. Is the is the October one, the the Boston Red Sox one, is that a 30 for 30? Yes. I okay. Is, yeah. I really like that one, too. It's a shorter one, and same with the Jimmy the Greek one. They're... They're not, I don't think either one's over an hour. Right. Um, so, like, I like those ones, and not for that reason. I'm just, those are two that we're not going to talk about necessarily today, but that um, would be a couple of my favorites. Excellent. So the six that we are going to talk about a little bit and rank, uh, and I've just put these in order that they debuted. So first of all, The You, it was actually a two-hour episode. Most of them are one hour. It's from the first season. It follows the evolution of the University of Miami football team. Kind of starts, I suppose, late 70s, early 80s, and then just talks about through the cultural impact and impact of college football in general. They ended up making a U Part 2 later on, and so covered some of those later teams. Uh, the second, you guys want to say anything more about that one? I, I was just going to add, you know, with this one, it definitely is a, a very cultural impact one. I think you had already said that. Um, you know, you go read the description, and I think I'm pulling this from a website. You know, the, the Miami football team was a microcosm of what was going on in the city. And so you talk about, like, the racial tensions, the rioting, things like that, and especially because you can relate that to things we have going on in today's, uh, you know, um, culture. I think this one is one of those documentaries that definitely speaks more to those types of volumes than maybe some of the others. And, and not to give too much away for the future of this podcast, but... The U is one for people that grew up in the 80s like myself and followed college football. They were a huge story, 1980s college football. And speaking of 80s college football, the second episode we're going to rank is called Pony Excess. Uh, the ones we're ranking, this is the only one, other one that's from the original 30 for 30 films. It's about the SMU football program in the early 80s, how it fell from grace due to scandal. It received what we now call the death penalty from the NCAA and never really recovered since. And, and people today are probably like, SMU, I didn't know they had a football team. Doing a little research for this, I, I realized and learned that last season, 2019, was the first 10-win season in SMU history since 1984. So after they went on the death penalty, from 80 to 84, they were 51-7. and seven. And then from 89 to 19, because they had that little break, they only had six winning seasons in that whole time, wow. so it did do a number on that program. Truly was the death penalty. Yeah, this one was actually the first thirty for thirty that I saw. I was a sophomore in college, so um, it doesn't necessarily impact my rankings of it or whatever. But um, it definitely was a great entry film for me into the series um, to learn, you know, more about sports history. All right, and then after that, there was a second edition of Thirty for Thirty. It came on in 2012-13, and we actually are ranking three successive episodes so uh, these episodes were aired three in a row number three is you don't know Bo uh, it just follows Bo Jackson that amazing athlete playing two professional sports at a high level yeah who who can play NFL football as a hobby right just Bo Jackson yeah definitely um, very almost much like a superhero Bo was much you know much more than just an athlete he was uh, you know cultural icon for sure speaking of superheroes i don't know if you guys remember but they had a saturday morning cartoon and it was bo jackson michael jordan yeah. wayne gretzky and somebody else i, I and they were like superheroes yep. in yep. the cartoon right on 
Uh, episode, the next episode, and this aired after You Don't Know Bo, was called Survive in Advance. It was a look at the 1983 North Carolina State Wolfpack and their run to not just qualify for the NCAA basketball tournament, which was kind of in limbo, but they also ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah, I, <clears throat> this one, I'm just, you know, in, in advance here, I'm going to say that this one's going to be a, a contender for me. This one I really enjoy, so... I'll get into more of some of my reasons later, but I, yeah, I don't know if I have any more to add to the description. Yeah, I, I don't remember this at the time. This was maybe a couple years before I remember watching the NCAA tournament, but obviously I've seen a lot since then. I do, I do remember this at the time and watching this happen. Uh, the fifth episode, Elway to Marino. It's a recap of the 1983 NFL draft. There were actually six quarterbacks taken in the first round, with Dan Marino being the sixth one. A lot of the film is actually a recollection of Martin Demoff, I think is his name. Mm -hmm. He was the agent for both John Elway and Dan Marino. Here's a good side tidbit that isn't really going to come into my argument about how good this episode is, but I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Oh, yeah. And I didn't realize that the Chicago Bears in this same draft picked seven guys in eight rounds that were key players on their 85 championship team. Heck yeah. Jim Covert, Willie Galt in the first round, Mike Richardson in the second round, Dave Dewerson in the third, Tom Thayer in the fourth, Hall of Famer Richard Dent in the eighth round. And, uh, and MVP of Super Bowl twenty. MVP and University of Iowa graduate Mark Bortz in the eighth round. Nice. Yeah, I love this documentary. It's probably the one I've watched most recently. Um, and... I think that, uh, you know, just seeing the story from several different perspectives um, gives this one a lot of depth. Nice. The sixth episode will rank is called Requiem for the Big East. This came out later, but it just follows the formation of the Big East Conference and how it established itself as the premier college basketball conference and powerhouse for quite a while before it kind of, it's still around, but it kind of dissolved and looks a lot different now than it did back in its heyday. The thing I like about this one is I this documentary gives that Dave Gavitt a lot of credit for his efforts in um, in the Big East Conference, and I, I think that that's really important because he's very deserving of that and uh, brought them to prominence for sure. Kind of a side note with this one as well, um, the Big East and the, the rise of Big East basketball kind of coincided with the rise of ESPN as a, as a conference. The Big East was one of their major, Big East basketball was one of their major draws when they first started yeah, out. Absolutely. So, without further ado, we'll show you how the matrix or prioritizing grid works and let you use this, like we said, this mechanism, this tool, this technique with your friends, and you can figure out, hey, what is actually the best? So, here's how it works. It's basically just head-to-head matchups. So, I numbered these earlier. Number one, the U. Number two, Pony Excess. Number three, Don't Know Bow. Number four, Survive in Advance. Number five, Elway to Marino. Number six, Requiem for the Big East. They will each... Face off in a head-to-head matchup. If you get the win, you get the point. Uh, what does happen fairly often, and when we do a matrix like this, is there ends up being a tie, but there's an easy tiebreaker because there was a head-to-head matchup, and so whoever won that head-to-head matchup breaks the tie. So let's get started, and let's just talk about the U versus Pony Excess, and their one-on-one. Oh, college football against college, college football. football to begin. College football in the 80s. Uh, Irv, we'll start with you. Which one do you choose here? Uh, <clears throat> I think I'm going to choose Pony Excess, and my big reasoning um, for that is uh, looking at kind of like the psychological aspect of this and kind of the, um, how did so many people um, from 
the boosters to the players to the coaches all get behind this scheme. And I think there's a lot of drama in this documentary, and um, I, I like that more than um, focusing on the cultural stuff of the U. All right, I'm going to go next, and I'm going to actually vote for the U. And I'm going to go with I like the cultural impact, and as a child of the 80s, and it was kind of cool, even if you were a white kid from the sticks, to embrace kind of the hip-hop culture, which they were doing. And So I really enjoy kind of reminiscing about that time. So I'm going to choose the U. Well, this might end up being a uh, decision based on when you grew up, um, because I would also go with the U. Uh, again, the cultural part of that, the University of Miami is a private, uh, predominantly white school. But at this time, Howard Schnellenberger, who was the coach that really got the University of Miami going, he decided he was going to recruit primarily those Florida kids from Miami and from um, Tampa and from all, Fort Lauderdale, uh, many of whom were inner city kids who were really good at football. And he realized that and realized that he could take that and turn them into a really good football team. And, boy, how many people did they send to the NFL? Absolutely. So there you go. First matchup, the U comes out on top. Uh, next we'll have the U again. We'll just we'll just go ahead and play out the U here. The U versus you don't know Bo. I think it's my turn to go first. Uh, as John mentioned this before we started recording, but the you don't know Bo was just on the other day, and I'm going to pick this over the U. Once again, maybe depends on when you grew up, but I was just fascinated by Bo Jackson as a really good baseball player who I think would have been probably a Hall of Fame football player had he stayed healthy and played the whole time. So I'm taking You Don't Know Bo. Well, I also go with You Don't Know Bo. I think the the story from that, um, every story they told in that episode, it was like Bo was Paul Bunyan, this mythical superhero. Um, there was one they told where the Yankees came to scout him when he was in high school, and he took one swing in the cage and hit the ball so hard it hit the corner of the cage and the whole thing fell down. <laughs> I don't know if that happened or not. Um, batting practice, when he signed with the Royals, he went out and took it right after his press conference and he hit the crown of the scoreboard, which at Kauffman Stadium is way out there. I don't know if it happened or not, but the tall tales of Bo Jackson were pretty pretty uh, special. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. You don't know, Bo. I, for the U, I think, you know, my problem is it's probably the one I've seen the least amount of times and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't care anything about Miami football until um, I learned about Frank Gore. He's one of my favorite NFL players, and he play, and that was retroactively. It was after Frank Gore started playing in the NFL that I went back and learned a little bit more about Miami. But beyond that, yeah, you don't know Bo. You talk about the superhero stuff. You talk about him being a two-sporter, you know, just how athletically gifted he was. Some of the most iconic images and videos you see um, in sports history are of Bo Jackson. So um, I would be willing to bet that before there was Be Like Mike, that there was a Be Like Bo kind of mentality. I don't know what sort of campaigns they did back then because I didn't grow sure. up then. You but don't I, know Bo. Yeah, I, know and Bo. I, knew th I knew that one, but I'm just saying, like, I think there's people that set out to really be like him because he was yeah. so Bo gifted. knows. Yeah. So you don't know Bo takes the victory here. Hopefully you can see how this is working out. Our next matchup is going to be the U versus Survive in Advance. So this one's, uh, this one's a tough one for me because they're both really good stories. They do a good job as a documentary. I mean, not that there are many bad 30 for 30s. There's a few eh ones here and there. Um, but with this one, I go with the U. Um, 
for me, this is a really easy one. Survive in advance. Um, it's inspirational. It's emotional. It, you know, it's that underdog story that Americans a lot of times search for and they're going to love it. Um, you know, Survive in advance, they were, you know, people like to watch those come from behind victories. And I think there were seven games in a row where the Wolfpack was down in the last minute still. And yeah. then you go into the Jimmy V side of it too and just how inspirational of a person he was. And maybe not the best X's and O's coach, but he built such good relationships and motivated. Um, I much rather would watch Survive in Advance than the U. guess that makes me the tiebreaker here. This is a very tough one for me. Uh, but I, as Irv spoke to, the emotional side of it and th- just the way the film set up, I believe that Derek Wittenberg, one of the players, I think was a producer and kind of... He was, was interviewed one, a lot in that the one. The one that got the ball rolling on this. I just really like the storytelling in this one. I, I appreciate the U, and so... Once again, I mentioned this earlier, catch me on a different day, I may pick the U, but today I'm going to pick Survive and Advance, and that's going to be my They win. advance. That's going to be the winner. Next up, we have the U versus Elway to Marino. Uh, and this one, I have to go with probably, if you, had to, if you were to press me on my favorite NFL football player of all time, it's John Elway. And so anytime you can watch a film about him, I'm, I'm going to pick that one. So I'm going Elway to Marino on this one. I am going to go the other way, and um, I'm going to pick the U um, for all the reasons that I laid out a little bit earlier rather than rehash them. I think the Elway to Marino one's great. You get to hear a lot about all the great quarterbacks and players that were taken in that 83 draft, and I haven't seen that one quite as much either. I think I've only seen it maybe a couple times. Um, So the whole agent thing and Elway running the beginning of the draft, basically, and dictating what happened. It's good, but I don't remember quite as much from that episode. So I'm going to go with Elway to Marino, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You know, I love the story, loved watching this one. Um, the different perspectives gives this one a lot of depth, and I think as documentaries go, regardless of the topic, I thought this one was very thorough. I think... Uh, you know, the only thing that's going to hurt this one later on when I'm voting head-to-head versus some of the others is that it's a football one versus a basketball one. I'm a basketball guy, but I mean, honestly, uh, we don't have a strict criteria on voting for this, but Elway to Marino, as documentaries go, I think is one of the best ones out there, and I really enjoy uh, that one a lot, so I'm going to go with Elway to Marino. Excellent. I, first apology, I, I budged in front of Irv. It was his turn to go first. Sorry about that. So you can go first twice here. Excellent. So the next matchup is the U. This is the last matchup for the U. It's going to take on Requiem for the Big East. Irv, what do you have? So I'm not going to go anymore under the U of why maybe it's not one of my higher ones. Again, it's a good documentary. But, um, you know, for me it's Requiem for the Big East all the way because, um, you know, I think looking like even at us three, I think beyond what your favorite conference of basketball is, Okay, which I think for John is the Big Ten. Yes. Dion, I assume yours is Big 12. I know mine is. I think most people in the country would then say their second favorite one is probably the Big East. That holds true for for me. And I think, especially the Big East of old, you know, but like the Big East is kind of coming back. I mean, you don't have Syracuse there, which can't blame them for sticking in the ACC. But, um, you know, this one is just so historic. And you talk about, John, you mentioned earlier the rise of ESPN or whatever with this and just... um, I think that this is a really cool one, and it's definitely going to be high on my list throughout the whole day. And I mentioned the Dave Gavitt thing earlier. I think it's, it does a really good job of giving him the credit that he's due. Big Monday. 
Remember that back in the 80s? It was the Big East game at 6 and the Big 10 game at 8. Yep. Uh, I'm going to make this easy on you, John. I'm also going to pick Requiem for the Big East. I've mentioned this. I'm prob- I was probably more into basketball than I was into football at the time, and so that's my choice. Well, that's who I was going to take as well, and I'll save some more of my reasoning for maybe a tougher matchup right. for him. Sweep the there. So, Irv, you get to go first again. We move on now to the number two, which is Pony Excess. So now Pony Excess will take on head-to-head. You don't know Bo. What's your choice here? So I'm going to go with you don't know Bo. Uh... Again, a little bit of a product of my generation, probably, in that I'm going to maybe identify more with some um, individual sports stories versus team ones. From my generation, that's good foreshadowing oh, for later. Oh, great, thank you. Great song. Stay thank with you. us and you'll learn more. Yeah. <laughs> I like the drama of Pony Excess, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's a good one, but I think you don't know Bo. I mean, I'm going to ignore the Tampa Bay Buccaneers portion there, being a Bucks <laughs> fan. I'm going to just try and look past that. They, they were in the wrong on that. Let's just be real. Okay, but I'm telling you, man, that his individual success and just his athleticism, I wish I could have grown up really watching him because, like you guys talk about, just it, he's that superhero figure. He's, he, he, your imagination runs wild with what he can or can't do. So Absolutely. I, I got to go with you don't know Bo. I'm going to follow you up again. Uh, you don't know Bo. Just, I think, a little more entertaining, and maybe there's some recency bias because I do love Pony Excess, but, and I just saw that you don't know Bo one. So I'm going with that. You don't know Bo, clean sweep. And clean just, sweep. just like I said last time, I'll save my nuggets for when they matter. Right All on. right. Next matchup then. I believe I go first, right, guys? I, I think you go first this time. All right. Up. Pony Excess versus Survive and Advance. These are very similar eras, early 80s. Um, and uh, the tiebreaker for me is going to have to be, like we said earlier, I was just more into basketball at this time in my life than I was football, and I'm going to vote for Survive and Advance. Yeah, this to me, it, you said same time period. Different story. Very um, different story, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I definitely am a basketball over football guy, as Irv said before. Um, plus, you get the whole final against Houston and the Olajuwon Drexler and Benny Anders. There's a whole nother yeah. st- story for somebody to look up sometime. Um, but, yeah, survive in advance for me. You know, Pony Excess kind of taps into that, like, you know, what's the difference you know, between playing it straight and cheating, where's that line? How much gray area is there? And it really kind of makes you question a lot of things. Whereas when you watch Survive in Advance, again, I feel like there's just more of that, like, you want to ride into battle. It's like more you want uplifting. Yeah, it's more uplifting. You want to, you you feel more, you know, energized, I think, after watching that one because it's such a good one. So, for me, easy, Survive yeah. in Advance. All right, next That's up. three sweeps in a row. Three sweeps in a row. Here's Pony Excess versus Elway to Marino. John, you're up first. This one's a tough one for me because these are probably out of the six, the two that I have seen the fewest amount of times. So this one's a little tougher. Um, but I think NFL drafts are always pretty compelling to figure out who's going to go where, and you don't know at the time of the draft who's going to be good and who's going to be a flop. But this draft had seven Hall of Famers drafted in the first round, and they don't get in the stories of all of them, obviously, but they do focus a little more on the quarterbacks that were taken. Right. Elway, number one, Todd Blackledge, ABC's own ESPN, yep. um, was seventh. Jim Kelly, who then bailed, well, he's part of the U as well, but right. then he bailed from the Bills and went to the USFL for a few years and then came back. Uh, Tony Eason from the University of Illinois, Ken O'Brien, the Jets quarterback, and then finally the great Dan Marino, at 27, but I because of those stories and kind of the big picture and the impact it had on the NFL, Elway to Marino. 
the biggest thing I remember about Tony Eason is that he started a, a Super Bowl but wasn't able to finish it for some reason. Yeah, that's because of all those uh, other draft picks in that draft that yeah. uh, took care of business. Um, for me, this one is a, a probably an easy one. Again, I mentioned earlier the, the quality of the documentary of Elway to Marino. Uh, Dion, you had mentioned Elway is one of your favorite players. I don't know that I would have ever said he's one of my favorites because he is the one guy that you know beat Brett Favre in a Super Bowl, which you know yeah. uh, Brett Favre's one of my favorite. But what's funny is I never found myself hating John Elway after that. I mean, just you respect how good he was and teams he had drug along for so many years. Um, I think what's interesting in that video, Elway kind of looked bad in some regards and how he was dealing with things, but I don't know that that's had a lasting impression for most people. I think most people like John Elway. I think most people like Dan Marino. I mean, he's a pretty likable guy, yeah. too. I, I used to tone her gloves. I yeah. just think I think that one's a really Ace good Ventura. one. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, that's why, yeah. yeah. Eli Manning yeah. did a similar thing in the in the draft, and I don't think he gets remembered a lot for that. So no. I'm, I'm going to go Elway to Marino on this one as well, so that takes the victory. Next, a, next up, we have another sweep. sweep. Another sweep. Pony Excess versus Requiem for the Big East. Oh. Is my turn to go first? I believe so. Uh, Requiem for the Big East, easy. Um, basketball over football, the historical stuff versus the drama of Pony Excess. Um, I much rather would watch the story about, uh, oh, God, what's the St. John's guy? Luke Arnaseca. And yeah. Bayheim and uh, who's Georgetown? John Thompson. I mean, those guys are the characters. There's the one story where St. John's was playing Georgetown and Thompson comes out and has a Carnesecca sweater on. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, the characters in that are just so good. I mean, when this biggie started, the coach of Seton Hall was Bill Raftery, probably my favorite color color commentator in basketball, which is why I'm going to vote Requiem for the Big East and probably lead to a sweep. One more sweep. I mean, give the victory there. you, You can't. Bayheim, Carnesecca, Thompson, PJ Carlesmo took over after Raftery, Raleigh Massimino, Rick Patino yeah. was a member Providence. of this at Providence. So uh, we're moving on now to Pony Excess. Great movie, one of our favorites. We put it in here. Didn't get a vote. We're moving on to number three. This is You Don't Know Bo versus Survive in Advance. My turn to go first. Who? Wow. Two behemoths. I'm going to go with You Don't Know Bo. We're going to get a little more drama on this one. John? I'm okay. Survive, Irv, go ahead. Yeah, I because I know I think I know where you're gonna go. So survive in advance for me again, guys. We all love Bo. I know that, but <laughs> survive in advance, Jimmy V, man. Like just, ah, I can't get over like how just inspirational was that the Espy's speech that he gave. I mean, didn't even want to be there. Wasn't gonna be there, and then he gets up there, gives a speech. And, like, I know that side tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. And I think that's why I like that one. Um, it, again, mood-wise, we talked about this already. On a different day, depending on what kind of mood I'm in, I might be more interested in the you-don't-know-bo topic. But for me, it's survive in advance. To me, Bo Jackson was kind of the football equivalent of Michael Jordan. There, there's the uh, time when they played the Seahawks Monday night. Oh yeah, and Brian Bosworth yep. was this flamboyant, two-time. He built himself up to be a player of the year, big, defensive you know. player in college football, yep. and he started yapping his mouth, saying what he was going to do to Bo Jackson. And Bo got a handoff at about the two-yard line. Bosworth was squared up to him, and Bo just ran him over, and that was the end of that. 
Um, so it was kind of like Jordan where this guy's going to open his mouth. That's going to give me the motivation I need to go take care of things and humiliate him. Um, and I was never a Bosworth fan. So that was pretty awesome. So I'm going with You Don't Know Bo. You Don't Know Bo takes a <sighs> narrow victory. Once again, talk to us next week. We may vote this one different. <laughs> next up, we have You Don't Know Bo versus Elway to Marino. John, you want to start this one off? Yeah, and I won't take much time with this one, but I've already given plenty of my stories that I enjoy for You Don't Know Bo, and that gets my vote. Um, both great stories. Um, I just have to give the nod to Elway to Marino because of the documentary quality. Uh, I've already talked a lot about that. Um, for me, that one is going to be my winner. After speaking all these praises for You Don't Know Bo, which is great, I'm going to go Elway to Marino on this one. I am. I I just love that one and the storytelling through the draft. So that actually takes the victory. Next up, we have You Don't Know Bo versus Requiem for the Big East. Irv, you want to start us off? Yep. Um, You know, again, we've talked a lot about this, the characters in that one, Um, the, the basketball preference that I have. Uh, yeah, for me, Requiem for the Big East is going to take this one. And, um, you know, again, it's not a knock against you don't know Bo. It's just interesting to look at it from this head-to-head perspective. You know, right. where you'd put all these in a, in a certain echelon of documentaries, um, and they would all be in different ones, but just if you don't know Bo and Requiem for the Big East were in that same one for me, I wouldn't be surprised. But I just think head-to-head, i got to go with Requiem for the Big East. Oh, boy, this one's going to be a tough one for me. I think on most days I would go Requiem for the Big East, but just to put the pressure on John, I'm going to vote for You Don't Know Bo. Hey, no pressure. No okay. pressure. I'm pretty confident in this all right, one. All right. And I've talked a lot about Bo, but uh, part of it comes back to loving college basketball. And uh, not only the coaches that came through that conference at that time, but the players. I mean, Syracuse, Sherman Douglas, and the Pearl. Um, obviously Ewing and Sleepy Floyd and the Georgetown player. I mean, this even does get into the Iverson and Alonzo Mourning time right. period because this follows the Big East from the beginning until the total breakup because the ACC and other conferences started to poach teams right. for football. Right. Um, but now, And then now the resurrection of the Big East almost today where you've got some of the same schools, but it's mostly a basketball conference now, although – UConn is joining again this year, so I'm assuming they're staying in whatever their old conference was for football. Um, but bringing UConn back in brings one of those original members back too. So Requiem for the Big East is my choice here. That takes the victory then, <laughs> Requiem for the Big East. So now we move on to four versus five. This is Survive in Advance versus Elway to Marino. I lost my place. Who goes first here? Uh, well, if John ended that one, that means I started, so it means you start this one, I think. Oh, right? boy. Oh, man, Survive in Advance versus I'll Wait to Marino. I'm struggling on this one, guys. You want one of us to take over? I'll, I'll, just, I'll flip a coin here. Um, you want the I'm gigantic gonna, nickel? I'm going to go. There's Hey, these are both from 1983, so the 83 NCAA tournament, 83 yeah. NFL draft. These couldn't have been more than a month or two apart, right? Probably a few weeks. A few weeks apart. And so you're talking same area history, right in a sweet spot where I have a lot of vivid, some of my earliest memories of sports are from the early 80s. And so big stories here for me. Um, I guess right now I'm going to go ahead and take Survive in Advance just on a gut feeling right now. But if you, any of you guys wants to make a good point, that's a good point. You could probably convince me to change. But I'm taking Survive in Advance. I don't know if I'm going to be that guy making a good point. Because uh, 
I would give the nod here to Survive in Advance because of a lot of the things, Irv has made some good points in favor of Survive in Advance today. Uh, not that I don't like that story at all, but I really think that idea that North Carolina State, if they don't win the NC, the ACC tournament, they probably don't make probably the NCAA the tournament. tournament. Right. So they squeaked in at a six seed, I believe, which there were only 52 teams in the NCAA tournament back then. Right. Um, and then the fact that a lot of those were close games that they p- pulled out at the end, I think that's... And then you get the Valvano stuff on top of that surviving advance for me. Like I said earlier, if the quality of L.A. to Marino was a basketball documentary, I think that that would, you know, but like obviously we're talking football there, I think the only thing that, not, uh, I don't know, probably not the only thing, but the big thing that separates these two for me is Survive Advance is a basketball one. So I'm going to go with that over L.A. to Marino. Survive and Advance takes the victory. Next we have Survive and Advance versus Requiem for the Big East. So you guys cannot pull out your basketball Oof. is better here. So you have to actually pick which one did you enjoy better. Well, for me, I've stated a lot of the reasons that um, I like both of these, but I would choose Requiem for the Big East ahead of Survive and Advance just because it. I like the story over a long period of years instead of the story within one season, I think, and the, the history of all the different players and coaches and the, the impact that it had on sports on television, especially ESPN, Big East Basketball. Was huge and is huge. Today it's on FS1, though. Yeah. Um, the Big East, that ended or whatever, was that the Kemba Walker season? 2013, yeah. Oh, so it have been... Because Kemba, they won in well, 2010-11. And then they won the tournament. Like, they won the Big East tournament and then won the NCAA tournament against Butler, I believe. Yeah. So then... I, I thought that's about when it ended. But that's a lot of the memories of I have a Big East, like from my present day information. And I remember watching that run and how historic, you know, that UConn run was. And I love Big East basketball. I think it's awesome. But I got to go with Balvano on this one. I got to go with Survivor. So I'm the tiebreaker here? Yes. You are. Oh, man. I'm just going to go with uh, how much I enjoy the storytelling in both of these. I do believe these are both extended, too. Like, maybe the are both of these two-hour ones? Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. yeah they're longer ones, I think. Oh. Coin flip again. I'm going to go with Requiem for the Big East. Once again, catch me on a different day, but that's going to take the victory here. And so we have one last matchup. This is Elway to Marino versus Requiem for the Big East. Wherever you kick us off. Requiem for the Big East for a lot of those reasons. We've already listed the basketball thing, the whatever, just the historic run of that, the Dave Gavitt part, the stuff I remember from when I was in college watching Big East basketball, and I'm loving seeing it, you know, coming back with UConn joining them again and, and so on. So Requiem for the Big East, again, Elway to Marino's a great documentary, though. I take Elway to Marino. And I'm going to take the one out of all six of these are good, like we've said. But I think there's only probably one that might be in my all-time top five, and that's Requiem for the Big East. Right on. Excellent. So we've rated him. So we've got a number one movie, if we, or uh, 30 for 30 film. Are we going to work from, from the bottom up? Sixth up? We can work from six up. I bet up. I know what six is. Number six is Pony Excess, which, uh, you know, good film, but just didn't get our votes. Number five is The You. Wow. Okay. 
And then there's a three-way tie for second. So you can't go with head-to-head -head here, so I'm not sure what you do. Oh, I've done this before. Okay, so, so three-way tie for second between you don't know How did know they Bo, just do against each survive other? Survive in advance and Elway to Marino. So when you don't know Bo took on survive in advance, you don't know Bo won. Um, and then when you don't know Bo took on Elway to Marino, Elway to Marino won. When Survive in Advance took on Elway to Marino, Survive in Advance won. And what's the one I'm missing? Or is that all? That's it. That's it. It's a three-way so tie. So they each won. It's a three-way tie for second. Yeah. And then our that's winner crazy. is Requiem for the Big East. And so that's how you do a prioritizing grid. How many votes did Requiem for the Big East get? It did get five. It, it went undefeated. So I could live with that. Yep. I could live with that, too. Once again, talk to me on a different day. And I can change some of my votes, and that's the great part about this is you have established. So, John, Requiem for the Big East, like if you were just to rank these, that'd be your number one. Uh, I don't know if it's my number one. On, the, on these, on out these of six. six. Yeah, I think out of these six, that would be my and, number one. And for me, it'd be my number two. And you that's why Survive in Advance. And Survive in Advance would be my number one. And so that, and then I'd say Owen and Marino would be my third one. Yeah, the basketball ones, Requiem for the Big East and Survive in Advance, would be my two favorites with Elway to Marino being right there with it. So one other quick way you can sort things out is just if you have a small list, we'll do a one called Start One, Sit One, Cut One, or you can Start One, Bench One, Cut One, and we pick songs by The Who. So there's three great songs. These might not even be their best, but they're three I really like, so I brought them up. Uh, won't Get Fooled Again. Baba O'Reilly in my generation, it's real easy. What you do here, you have to start one. It's your starter that you're going to pick that as the best of the three. You're going to bench one, but one has don't, to get. Don't you mean teenage wasteland? Yeah, <laughs> cut from your team. And so, anybody want to offer to go first? I will go first. All right. And I'm going to work from cut one to start one. You betcha. So, <clears throat> I love all three of these songs. But if I have to cut one, and this was a foreshadow from earlier, <laughs> I have to cut my generation. Um,. I just think it for me it's not as strong as the other two. If I'm gonna bench one and it's like the sixth man, if we're benching it's like that that next one up, it's like a James Harden on that Thunder team, like <laughs> in eleven twelve, like he should have been in the starting lineup, but you you get why he's the sixth man is won't get fooled again. And then my my start one is Baba O'Reilly. Mm -hmm. I just like the iconic intro. So my my cut is uh won't get fooled again because I'll be honest. I don't even know if I know that song. Great song. So I'm going to have to Google it after this and see if I even know it. So that one went to my cut list. Uh, my bench one is going to be Baba O'Reilly. And my start one is My Generation because I just there's so many ways you can use that's applicable to your lives. And it doesn't matter how old you are, it can fit. Right. I'm, I'm just going to copy Irv here. I'm cutting My Generation, Won't Get Fooled Again, Gets the Bench. And my reason for Bob O'Reilly being my starter, uh, go look up the acapella version of Bob mm. O'Reilly by the Dear Abbeys. Uh, if you like weird acapella songs, check it out. It's pretty cool. So, that's episode one. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Hope you got something useful out of it. I like that. That's yeah, a good point. That is a very good point. <laughs> what a good point. <laughs>